0: Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Yes, I'm recording in the dungeon again. The HVAC system is blaring in the background. If the sound is not up to your standards, I completely understand. I'll see you later. Hopefully, in the future, the videos will be back on my other system with better quality and video and etc. For now, this Richmond preview will be... As I am losing my breath on the treadmill down in the dungeon again. Let's look at Richmond. Let's talk Richmond. Let's prepare for it. We've got a race. We don't have to guess what tracks is this going to be like. I know what track it's going to be like. It's going to be like Richmond. Well, is Richmond different than the next gen package? No. Same old Richmond. I've got notes. If you've gone to patreoncom dfs or racefortheprize.com and you've clicked the link to patreon.com slash DFS, and you decided to be a patron for a month. You don't have to make a long-term commitment. Maybe you're not even going to use the spreadsheet and all the notes that we've created. Maybe you just want to say thanks. You know, like the gif that I like to use. Maybe you just want to say thanks for a month. But even if you do, you're going to get access to all this data. I don't have to promote it. I don't have to sell it. It sells itself. I've got two sets of notes. I got the notes from the live watch. I got notes from watching it again today. There's always the regular old NASCAR notes in here to help you understand the race so you don't have to watch it again. I watch it again for you. And I'm even going to walk you through the race right now to give you everything you need to know from that last race so that you can build the best lines possible. Your optimal lineup from that Richmond race, William Byron Martin Trickster, you, Christopher Bell, they're all awesome. Alex Bowman was pretty good. He actually was pretty good. You'll remember he won the spring race here at Richmond in 2021. And that wasn't a crazy package. You still had high horsepower and he had low downforce. Now he have less horsepower, more downforce, but either way. Austin Dillon-Busher, a little bit of a different story. We'll get to that when we go through the laps and explain Richmond. Now, one of the things that's going to jump out at you is, hey, look at all these fast laps. Uh, when we go to previous races, Yeah, there are fast slabs spread throughout the field, and there's two reasons why you will see that at Richmond. Now, not as much as we've seen in this year's baggage. Now, that just could be an outlier, but you do see fast laps spread throughout the field, and that's because Richmond is an older, abrasive track surface, and so you're going to get tire wear, and you're also at a short track that's kind of got intermediate track tendencies where the cars don't really spread out. you got tire wear, so you're going to see some guys, uh, you know, deal and poach a a fast lap here or there and the fastest car may be dealing with more traffic it really just depends about hey where are you on your tire strategy and you're going to see differing strategies as well Uh, but again as i go through these previous sheets you don't see a lot of fast laps spread out not as much as we did in the spring we could be overreacting it doesn't really matter and yeah you could lead to a value play sneaking in here who gets some fast laps but you don't really have to worry about it you know, killing the halts. Now, there isn't as strong correlation like at an intermediate track where we see a stronger correlation between laps led and fast laps, although you see a pretty strong one right here with Mark Tricks Jr. and not as strong as maybe like a, a Martinsville or even a Bristol, but a lot of that is because of, so there's tire road that opens it up, but at this short track where you don't get a lot of clean air, you're gonna be dealing with traffic, you got people that may or may not be on the same lap as you, if they're on the same lap as you, they're not going to let you around. They're going to block you if they're not on the same lap as you. So you see, stage one and stage three can be completely different, whereas everybody on stage one is on the same lead lap, or they're trying to stay on the lead lap. That gives the leaders a bit of a headache. Whereas in stage three, if you're leading and the guys in the back are a lap or two behind, they kind of get out of the way. That makes it a little bit easier for you. Just All those different things will come into play at Richmond. And then the other thing that comes into play at Richmond is... They break the the pit cycling into thirds or into halves, and that leads to all kinds of different situations. And then ultimately, we also have another situation where you see Michael McDowell with a lot of fast laps. I don't know what point in the race this was. Hopefully, we will find it out. It didn't get mentioned in the broadcast. I remember a couple years ago, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had some sort of issue, and so he went into the pits and came back out a long run so he had laps that he had tires that were fresh everyone else had tires that were 20 laps old and so he ticked off fast lap after fast lap after fast lap and that can happen at richmond relatively easily and that's probably what's happening here with michael mcdowell having an average running position of 30th. obviously he wasn't a fast car but he got a lot of fast laps so something happened where he had to pit and got completely off cycle and you can see guys get intentionally off cycle we see all kinds of different situations we will talk about that when we go to the race Because, again, some people break into thirds, some people break into halves, and that ultimately leads to different guys leading laps, different guys getting fast laps. Um, Some people blew their race in the spring by choosing a poor strategy. But say it with me, folks. You guys know what I'm going to say here if you've been listening to the Fantasy NASCAR podcast for quite a while. Wins are overrated. Wins don't matter. If someone chooses a strategy that ultimately costs them the win forfeits the win, but leads to them leading 20, 25, 30 laps. Well, that's good. We want that. We like that. Yeah, we would love to get a win. We'd love to get laps led, but ultimately laps led are what wins in the end. And if you look up here, Truex doesn't win the race because of a poor pit call. doesn't kill him. Actually, it probably did kill him. If he would have been more conservative and just followed like everyone else and did breaking it into thirds. Ultimately what you have to do is just pick the strategy that everyone else picks so that you are kind of in the same traffic as everyone else then you'll win. Uh, Denny Hamlin does that. Denny Hamlin wins in the end. William Byron, Martin Truex Jr. both in the ultimate lineup. Christopher Bell also in the ultimate lineup. All three of these guys chose at one point in the race. Byron and Truex at the end pit one less time or one fewer time than the rest of the field. That ultimately allows everybody to pass them at the end, but that allowed Byron to lead a bunch of laps at the end. Um, Truex actually, he got his points early because he pit early. We'll get to that. Uh, And Bell ran long during stage two. That allowed him to lead laps. I, I mean, that Neither one of them gained the system. All of them were top five, top three cards regardless. Uh, they just timed their strategies incorrectly. It happens. Too bad. So sad. We'll go through the lap by lap on that. But my bigger point is none of them won the race. But they all chose interesting, differing strategies. And in doing so, ended up in the optimal lineup. Byron runs long, leads those laps at the end, is in the optimal lineup. He might have been in it anyway, not completely sure. Uh, Bell probably wouldn't have if he didn't go on that divergent strategy. So we see guys that may not have had the best car. They were pretty close to the best, but strategy ultimately decides the optimal lineup. All right, let's dive into it. Let's go through the lap by lap, look at just who was good, uh, maybe explain some of these surprises. And, all right, catch catch my breath here. (laughs) All right, and we get a caution. No, I don't want to paste anything. Okay. No, I don't want speeds. What am I looking at? Speeds from, oh, it's practice. I don't want to, I don't care about practice. Speeds. I just want to look at the laps from our previous race at Richmond. Okay, I don't want to look at that one. That's, I believe. Okay, I don't want that one or that one. I'm gonna have to jump to another sheet here, possibly so. All right, we are back, and we've got it up here so we can see Denny Hamlin's your winner, Kevin Harvick second, Byron Truex. Let's look at this first run. Just get a little taste. We get an early race caution. Can't remember who that caution was. It should. This computer does not like doing all this data stuff. <laughs> it's the dungeon computer. What do you expect? Okay. Ryan Blaney on the pole. Ryan Blaney, fast practice. Hopefully, in, we'll have time that after this lap run through, and I might have to do this in a video later this week, probably a good video later in the week, where I will go through Richmond practice versus Richmond results slash average running position slash real rating, and see how predictive the practice was. Blaney, out front, cruising, looking good. Does not pit. These guys don't pit. We will see one guy pit, and he's able to make some pretty good progress. And as Kyle Larson. He pits from twenty second. He restarts thirty first, and he gains a ton of spots. But again, he's passing cars in the twenties with fresh tires. I'm not surprised whatsoever. There is noticeable tall tire fall off, and we'll see. Like, hey, having ten lap fresh tires later on the race is going to be very significant. If, 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 not everybody is on the lead lap and cars are spread out where you can actually really use those tires and people are not necessarily blocking you. Right here, his tire advantage helps, but also he's racing inferior cars. Now, two things are probably going to happen right here where he pretty much levels off at 15th and get, get past it. See, here he goes from lap 71 to about lap almost 20 laps here. Oh well. Yeah, that's more than 20 laps. 22 laps. He isn't able to gain a position. So one, the tire advantage by that point had probably neutralized. But two, he's facing much tougher cars at that point. Now later on in the race, having 10 lap fresher tires where people are more spread out And if you're a top dog and people are a lap behind you, they're going to let you by. You're going to be able to gain spots. And that's what we see Denny Hamlin do at the very end of the race, where he has about a 10 lap tire advantage and they're more spread out. Everybody's not on the lead lap anymore. And so he can make some serious gains for much longer. Kevin Harvick is able to grab a bunch of spots at the end. Having a tire advantage at the beginning, I don't know. I think this is just stupid. Uh, but, I mean, I guess, well, I don't know. He went from 22nd to 15th, maybe. Could he have done that without the tires? Probably, I would imagine. We'll see. All right, so first run, you'll see no changes here. A little bit of a change. Truex moves forward. Briscoe is sliding back a little bit. Ross Chastain is moving up. Jones hanging in there. Nothing really serious to write home about on that run. Now, So everybody is pretty static. Let's look and see at the end of the stage who's really gained some spots and lost some spots. Very green race. We do get several cautions in stage three, but for the most part, this is a very green race. I would imagine, expect, anticipate yet again another green race at Richmond. Very hard to pass. Very aero-dependent. You can read about it in the notes. If you've watched the race, you have seen it. It's far. You can get around guys if you have a tire advantage. You can get around guys if you're on differing strategies. But if you are on basically the same tire, and that's you know, and the same lap, you're going to have challenging. You're going to have a challenge passing that guy in front of you. Uh, recording on this computer is tricky and I'm clicking things that I shouldn't be clicking on, but I'm trying to do my best for you guys. Okay, so what we're really looking at here in stage one, see, get an indicator of uh, who, I mean, because if we can see if someone really struggles in stage one, well one, you see they don't really have the car, two, maybe it leads you to believe that they really just had a pretty good qualifying lap, maybe, didn't really have a good practice run, They also are just not very good at managing tires. If you watch the broadcast again, if you read through my notes, you're talking about managing tires from lap one onward, but they're going to bring a hard tire. They are going to bring a hard tire, but there still will be fall off on this abrasive surface. It's still going to matter. And so now is there as much tire fall off in, as in previous seasons? Probably not. But there's enough that if you are better at managing your tire, then at the end of the run, your your rear end, you're going to have a lot more back end grip, and you're going to fire off a little bit better coming out of the turns, and that might lead to you to gain some spots. At least if you've got rear end grip late in the run, and the guy in front of you doesn't, then you're probably going to be able to get around him on the outside or cut underneath them. but you're going to be able to make moves on exit that they're not going to be able to do. And the only way that you're going to do that is by not eating up your tires, not uh, you know getting way too loose on the run at the end by managing your tires. Yeah, the tire's not going to completely disintegrate like you would love to see. But you don't really need to see it. There's definitely an advantage on a long run. That being said, still Brian Blaney is still in lead. William Byron is still in second. Ross Chastain is still in third. Truex in fourth. Bush. He complains of being a little bit loose, a little bit loose, losing that rear grip. Chase Elliott moving forward. Chase Elliott, I think, made a lot of movement here in this. That's impressive. Fifteenth, making moves through the top ten and up towards the top five. Those are the passes. That's the movement that you like to see that leads you to believe that he had a pretty good race car. Christopher Bell also up there in the top ten. Joey Logano. Kozlowski, that's pretty impressive. This is a track that Kozlowski was always good at with Pinski. Remains to be seen if he can put those kind of results together with RFK, but it is, I mean, we go back to 2020, that one Richmond race where he won there, he won in New Hampshire. He looked like the favorites and he was the favorite for, for my book, for my money. He was the favorite to win the championship in 2020. Chase Elliott may or may not have had an illegal car that you put that aside. Who cares about that? But Brad Kozlowski lost the championship in 2020 at Phoenix because his pit crew were terrible on that day. Either way, flat tracks. Kozlowski has always been strong. Harvick having a decent showing here. Danny Hamlin. Danny Hamlin, before the race, said he had a 15th place car at best. And that's kind of what it looks like at the moment. They'll get the thing alive. All right. Um, no big droppers so far, except for... Let me see. Here's your Eric Almirola falling back. Harrison Burton, I think he only moved up, but yeah, he's sliding back. Briscoe really drops. Where's Briscoe at? Briscoe drops back significantly. car gets way too tight on him. He admits, this is one, of, I mean, look at this. This is awful, 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 awful. This is the guy that had just won at Phoenix. But remember, he had always said Phoenix and Richmond are my worst tracks, so that somehow he magically wins at Phoenix, but here we go, and they basically have a very similar setup, and that's what Trix is James Small. They said, hey, man, we feel really comfortable. We found out a lot of the data that we took from Phoenix absolutely applies here. We are really happy with where this car is going to be. Briscoe and his team were really excited about this race, and he was just way too tight, not working out here. All right, let's go on to the next stage. Don't really have to do any pitting in that early, short, small Stage one, because it's so stupid and small. Uh, God, you know, you want to fix Richmond? Yeah, even though it's not completely broken, Richmond's kind of fine. But boy, if you got rid of stages at Richmond, now you run the risk of this thing being a really boring, you know, lap turner, 400 straight green flag laps, which actually would be really cool. I know that some people might not like that, but the race would be over very quickly basically have one of those two-hour F1 races that I think we're all clamoring for. It would be really unique and awesome to actually have one, but when you do that, you really create all this strategy. Whereas, when you have the stages, all right, we'll break it into thirds, we'll break it into halves, and it's so boring, there's no strategy, there's just I When there is, it's just pre-programmed crap. Okay, let's look and see how we start this stage out. Believe that I want to insert call. Alex Bowman gets a penalty in this stage. We'll see. Let's see if there's any really big cycles. I know William Byron had a really bad pit stop at the end of stage one. You see, William Byron goes from second, drops all the way to seventh. Because they had trouble getting that rear tire off. Any other big changes on pit road during this cycle? Pretty same, pretty same see did anyone drop down here yeah alex bowman had a pit penalty he will bounce back remember he ends up in the optimal lineup so very strong performance by alex bowman to battle through adversity they got the cautions when he need to get some cautions but everything aside he had a pretty good rates was he a contender no could he have been a contender probably not but still strong One of the few races this season where it's been strong. But it looks like Richmond and Dover. And these are going to be the Alex Bowman type tracks moving forward. All right. Blaney, Chastain, Bell, Bush, Elliott, Truex, Byron, Logano, Kozlowski, Harvick. All right. Basically the same crew from the first run. And they're going to run it through. And we're going to see our pit cycling here. It's about 30 laps in. No, we're going to go about 50 laps in. 80 laps. They break this one in halves or thirds? They break it into thirds, okay? The stage will end on lap 232. So it's about a 120-lap thing. We're going to break it into thirds. Now, here's the trick. You're going to see Ryan Laney is in complete control of this race. Now, early in stage two, he's complaining about... Now everybody's complaining. Truex has got brake shake. Kyle Bush is loose in the rear. Ryan Blaney's got a vibration, but they believe it was tire pressure. Once tire pressure came in, he was fine. Look, he's leading, he's completely in control. How does he lose the lead? How does anyone lose the lead at Richmond? Yeah, you can get late, you know, tire different passes, but really it is just pit cycling. What happens is Martin Truex Jr. from seventh place is the first to hit pit road. Blaney pits five laps later. Now, remember, we're about 40, 50 laps in. How much tire fall off do you think there is? Three tenths, four tenths, five tenths. You do the math. That's probably, I don't know, at least two seconds right there that he loses. I mean, right here, tricks fast, 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 fast. Cuts into that lead. And then when we cycle it out. uh, Oh, so Bell... Technically, is going to lead for a while because Bell runs it really long. Bell's going to run this thing really long, but when Bell finally pits, then it's Truex. Truex got the lead. He was a seventh-place car. He had a good car. But was he faster than Blaney? No. Could he have passed Blaney? No. But he hit pit road before anyone else. And so, one, two, three, whatever many laps there, he's picking off time. While they're at the tail end of their run, more than likely in traffic, And they probably pit with other people on pit road which means they pit a little bit slower and that gives Truex the lead. So then we'll go to our next pit cycle and again Truex isn't quite first. Chastain will jump the gun and say it's gonna be me but then you know everyone quickly reacts because they know at that point they saw what Truex did. So once one guy hits pit road you gotta get down on pit road and then that means that the lead goes back to Christopher Bell because Christopher Bell will run it long. But he is on old tires and eventually Truex on much fresher tires. And at this point, you've got a lot of people that are a lap or two laps down, and you're more spread out, and so you can take advantage of that. If you're a short run with a lot of people on the lead lap, you probably aren't gonna pull all that off. Either way, Truex and Bell, Truex is now your leader because he was the first. Bell makes it work because he runs long, and then Blaney, basically, no real fault of his own, his part didn't really fall off, it's just pit strategy, and he cycles to fifth. to the third. I mean, it's still the same character of guys, but really what we're talking about, the difference between these guys, it could be any of them. It could be any of them in this race, and it could be any of them in the next race. It's just when they pit, how they pit, and how the cycling goes. Cycling worked out for Truex. Bell... He's in second place, got some fast laps and some laps lead points too as well, which is very significant and important to us. But you really, I mean, here's Byron struggling, was in second place, gets that penalty, goes nowhere, really doesn't work out for him very well at all. He tries to run long, but he did not have the track position to do it. All right. Now, Joey Logano, under this caution, will have a terrible pit stop. My so we got Trick still out in front. Bell, Logano, okay, that'll be later on. Uh, so, again, no surprises. The guys that you would think are in the top 10, at least based on the early parts of the run, I'm not sure based on practice, but all these guys mainly had track position. I think the furthest back possibly was Chase Elliott in terms of starting position. Kyle Larson kind of finally creeping his way up here. Remember, he started in 22nd, kind of working his way up. Chris Bush, it looks like he's kind of working his way up. Alex Bowman has battled back. I wonder what Bowman's pitch strategy was to get to this. Let's see, how did Bowman play it? Did he just go one pit? No, here's, he, he did the pit here. And then he pit again. He just You know, no games, just let the car run. Work your way up. What did Busher do? Busher played some games. No, he he broke into the thirds like everybody else. Believe really, the only people that did the one-pit cycle right there was Christopher Bell, and then at stage three, I think Suarez. and, and Hamlin might have done it as well, actually. yeah, Hamlin ran long, too. and he ultimately finished 14th. So the running long didn't work out for Hamlin. I believe Suarez did it too, and he didn't do so hot on it. But again, Hanlon tried the one-stop cycle from a much further back place. He was you know, 19th place here when he did it instead of doing the third, so. Anyway. All right, so we get an early caution, and we get some guys to decide to go tires, and I believe Hamlin. No, I don't think Hamlin is one of them here. All right, let's see. Actually, I think it is. I think Hamlin comes down. not liking this. Let's see. Did Hamlin decide to do a stop on this one? Uh, yeah, he did. So Hamlin did. I don't know if this necessarily was a crucial moment, because I think Hamlin goes ahead and pits again from right here. He loses some spots, but he has a good restart on this fresh tires. is basically back to where he was, and he actually pits again. So him pitting under this thing doesn't really make any difference whatsoever. Uh, It doesn't seem to help Chris Buescher. I think Buescher ends up pitting again, but you're going to see a couple guys up here who pit right here and then don't pit on the next one. And that's going to be, we'll just go ahead and zoom to that. So some people pit on 247, right? Hamlin, Buescher, but they just go ahead and pit again. They're not taking any chances. They're gonna you know see what they got. And they have generally pretty good race cars. Right? Hamlin was on the edge of the top ten, Busher was the top fifteen car. So so far, we're not really saying that they you know fluke their way forward. And these next guys that we're gonna look at, we are gonna try to wonder if they're fluking their way forward, like Austin Dillon. So Austin Dillon is going to stay out. And I don't even know if he pit on lap two forty seven. I would hope that he did, but I mean, you're not seeing any change in position, had to. He had to have pit. I know Daniel Suarez did pit. pretty sure Byron pit as well, but I'm not certain that he did. They stay out, and they're going to cycle to the front. i, I got to believe that Byron did. Uh, if you want to go for sure, then you can go to racefortheprize.com. There's a button that'll take you to patreon.com slash DFS. You subscribe, and you get all the pit data. I'm not going to bother to open that sheet up right now, but you could open up the sheet and look specifically and see did Byron pit? Did he take four tires? How long? All of the data that you can manipulate and whatever. I'm pretty sure he did. Anyway, they will stay out. These two guys are going to get gobbled up. Byron, who we know how to top car, remember he's in second place for most of stage one before that bad pit stop. You put him in clean air and he is rocking and rolling. Now, what I want to scam too is when he gets said, Look, he has a little bit older tires. Significantly older tires. Should be a disadvantage. But he's in clean air at the beginning of a run, and he's catching the tail end, which is a lap down for the most part. It's going to be a little bit easier to pass the guys in 35th, 36, 37, 38. He's at a tire disadvantage, but he's got clean air. He's got a pretty good sizable lead. Truex is closing in on him. Truex closes pretty quickly, but Truex runs into the dreaded air bubble. And we've seen this at every track of the season where it guys faster. But you get close and you just can't get that front grip. You can't get around guys. That's nothing new at Richmond. You know it's bad when we see it at Martinsville and you can't get around Byron. Ultimately, he will pass Byron as Byron gets closer to some of the uh, more, obviously, I don't even think it's gonna be tires at that point, but it's going to be, as he gets closer to guys on the lead lap, he runs into a little bit more hairy traffic and Truex gets around him, if, I, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. See, look at this. He's on older tires, but at this point it doesn't matter. Like we're you know, my tires are 60 laps, mine are 65, who cares? It doesn't matter at that point. Um, there it is. So here, now, Byron's going to fit on lap 311. He's breaking it in to thirds. Truex is going to run it a little bit longer. So Truex does the opposite of what he had done before. Which is kind of strange because he knew that his previous cycle had worked so well. And Byron wasn't even the first to come down. We see Kevin Harvick coming down before that. We've got other guys jumping the gun. It's all about this race to get down pit road, what you can get away with or not. And we've got Truex who pits a little bit later. And Byron cycles back to the lead. Hamlin now is in second. How did Hamlin get up there? Well, one, he pit before Byron. How did Hamlin get all the way up to third? He just drove there. That's impressive. They got this car dialed in. He's alive. He's there now. All right. Now we got all these different cycles running through. This is the final stage. I forgot. Yeah. So whatever reason Truex decides he's going to go with this strategy. Byron also is going to make a freaking crazy gamble. He's going to try to run this thing out as well. So Truex already ran long once. Byron took Truex's strategy. I think Bell's going more traditional. Yeah, Bell's going with the thirds. Harvick's going thirds. Some of these guys went with the run a little bit longer like Truex. Um, Probably this was a sweet spot, or maybe this was the number that they had dialed in, and all of these guys just decided, man, it's all about getting down pit road first and being as aggressive as possible. Even if we are pitting too early, we gotta go for it. And maybe Truex's team's like, no, this is the plan. We stick to the plan. This is what our computer said to do. All right. Oh, we run it through. Byron's back in the lead. Byron's still in the lead. Byron is still on the lead lap. And we got Denny Hamlin says, I want out pit road. Kyle Busch, this is where he got busted for the crazy tape situation. You remember like at just a random moment in the race, like, oh, hey, you're not having that tape on your cart. That tape's been on there 70 laps. Yep, well, uh, we, uh, well we're well, we calling for it now. Come down pit road, black flag. You remember that? Yeah, that's what happened to him. Uh, Hamlin, first one down pit road. Harvick also very aggressive. One of the first down pit road, Bell down pit road, Byron running really long. Byron has not pit since he's breaking it into crazy, right? Run 90 laps. Byron's going to run 90 laps. Not going to happen. Almost makes it happen. Now, you knew at this point, like, Byron, he's going to try and make it. And like, it's not going to happen. Truex is running him down. Well, Truex himself is trying to make it go 80 laps. 80 laps? They I mean have been running, like, 60-lap runs. But the guys that break it into thirds are doing about 60-lap runs. And Byron's going to do a 90? That's not a half-half, right? We've, we haven't even seen that. When Bell broke it into halves, it wasn't a 90-lap run. Byron's going to try to push at 90. Okay. Truex is going to try to push at 80. Okay. We'll see how that works out there for you. Bold move, Cotton. And eventually, like, oh, is it going to be Byron? Is it going to be Truex? And the answer is, it's not going to be either one of them. You guys can't make your tires last that long. Hamlin takes the lead. Hamlin almost gets passed by Harvick at the end. That's how this thing works out. Now, what we want to look at is see who just played. Now, For these guys right here, big takeaway. Byron and Truex, they went really aggressive with their strategy by only pitting by pitting one fewer time. You save a lot of time that way, technically. You're not going down pit road for all that time, you know, 20, 30, 40 seconds or whatever. But how much time do you forfeit when guys have really fresher tires and they're ticking off? Not just a tenth. I mean, we're talking they're a second faster than you every single lap. Within 20 laps, they got you easily. So Dicey up front. It didn't work for Byron. It didn't work for Truex. But that doesn't mean we didn't see some other guys around the mid part that said, hey, you know what, my 20th place car, maybe I can make it a 10th place car by just pitting one time during stage three like William Byron. And maybe I can get into the optimal lineup that way. Let's see. Let's see if anyone in the mid range was able to kind of make that work. All right, Hamlin wins. Hamlin had a fast car, really came alive. Wasn't really happy with this car, but you can see in stage three, it was pretty good. And he was one of the early down pit road. Harvick was earlier down pit road. And if you ran this race a couple more laps, maybe Harvick passes in. they deal with a lot of traffic there at the end. A lot of lappers everywhere. It's pretty chaotic. Uh, Byron, Truex, see, what did Larson do? I bet he broke it into thirds. Uh, No, he did not. He only pit once. He went with the Truex strategy, pit once, but he was already, looked like he was probably about 7th, 8th place car already. Moved up right, got some of these spots here because of the guys pitting, but I don't think he really gained the system. Bell, you know, you'd like to see Bell run a little bit better than that. He only pit once. Ryan Blaney, only pit once. Kind of, finish. he actually kind of lost some spots. He may have been better off to go into the thirds. Alex Bowman, he will go with the only pit once strategy. And, well that really changes car that much. Let's see, before the pit cycling began, he was around a 13th place car. He was moving his way forward, I bet. But you know, that doesn't mean all well, you know, You go from 15th, 14th to 13th. That doesn't mean all sudden you go from 9th, 8th to 7th. As you get close to the front, it gets harder, Pats. Maybe he was a 10th place car. Did the pit cycle style that he goes with really help him that much? I wouldn't say it was that much of an advantage or a disadvantage. He faced adversity, probably had a 10th place car, ended up in 10th place. Kyle Busch, we know the story with him. Austin Dillon... Played the strategy game at the beginning of the stage. He goes into thirds. He gets really aggressive here, pitting, which makes sense because he was on older tires. And so then I imagine he pits again, or does he run it long? He pits again and ultimately finishes, what, 12th, 10th? He was, what, around a 15th to 20th place car going into stage three, takes a gamble, becomes a 10th place car. See what the story goes with Chase Briscoe. We knew he was terrible in stage one. In stage three, he is around a 20th place car, moves his way forward. Well, let's see, did he get tires here? 20th place car to be in stage three, just like Austin Dillon. He pits and takes tires, gets himself up to 13th. Not bad, maybe they're figuring some stuff out about the car. Probably twelfth place car here runs long. He does the one pit strategy. Does it really help him that much? No. But it looks like ultimately they got the car dialed in a little bit better. Busher, fifteenth. Looks like he finished a little worse than we thought. He went. Wrong. He pits here. Let's see. He runs long. Does he pit again? And then he pits short. I wonder if he had an issue where he had to pit right there and come down earlier. Yeah, that'll do it. I think uh, I've been on this treadmill long enough. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. RaceFortheprize.com. That's where you can get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. You click on the red helmet in the top right, Patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Alright, I gotta I gotta stop walking.